0: we saw a lot of those folks that they weren't able to tap into those resources because they weren't permitted or they hadn't done their taxes. And so, you know, if we do transition from hobby to a business, we're able to take advantage of tax laws that exist out there that can help us out. We're able to tap into different grants, into different funds. And so it's thinking about the future. And like you said, the legacy that we want to build, but there are a lot more opportunities if we are a formalized business.
1: You're listening to the Transend Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Wilkerson, an attorney by training and an educator at heart. This podcast is all about empowering you to build a business and leave a legacy. Here's the thing. The wealth gap in America is consistently increasing And while full-time entrepreneurship is not for everyone, even a side hustle can change your financial landscape if you're intentional about using your business to build wealth. I've run my own law firm for over 10 years, and in that time, I've helped countless California businesses go from idea to six figures. On this podcast, we talk about what it truly takes to build a sustainable business and find financial freedom. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Transcend. I am super excited for you to listen to this one. Now, you probably know by now, I'm sure I've said it before, I am not a numbers person, but numbers are so important for running an efficient business and a tight ship because if you don't know what you're spending, what it costs you to make certain things, you won't be able to make adjustments in your business to not only save money, but to increase your profit margin. And you know, at the end of the day, we all want to make sure that our businesses are giving us the money that we need, which means more profit. So, my guest for today is Beauty Ponce. She is a consultant who works with Latina business owners and is the owner of VP Consulting. So she helps entrepreneurs and small businesses formalize, launch, and grow by providing training, coaching, and consulting services in both Espanol and in English. She supports clients with developing financial projections, managing finances and accounting systems, assessing capital, strengthening operations, marketing development, and ongoing business support. Over the past six years, VP Consulting has worked with 1,000 entrepreneurs in the Bay Area. So tune in, take notes, pay attention, and let me know what you think about this episode. All right. Welcome, Beauty Diana, to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so
0: much for having me. It's so great to be able to share a stage with you again.
1: I am. I am thrilled to have you here. So we met a few months ago. I think it was November when you jumped into a workshop that Chika, Obi, and I were doing about accounting, and I just loved to learn about the work that you were doing. So can you tell us a little bit about who you work with and the work that you do? Absolutely. And I also,
0: when I did that workshop with both of you, I knew I was like, I need to know who this woman is, and we need to connect and work together. So. So amazing that we are here. So my name is Vidi Diana Ponce, and I'm a small business consultant, trainer, and coach. I help businesses launch and grow. The majority of my clients are Latina women who are in the food industry, and my clients tend to have really awesome products. So I'm around really great food and drinks. But they need guidance around finances or setting up good systems, mapping out operations and really taking their business to the next level. So that's where I come in and I really help them understand their numbers, which is one of the things you will always hear me talking about. It's just really understanding your finances, helping them out, formalize their business. And so I just I love what I do and who I'm with, who I work with. And who I'm around, because it's really dope women with really great products.
1: That is so awesome. So how did you choose your specific niche? So, I mean, I've got so many questions, but I want to know, how did you decide to work with Latina entrepreneurs in the food industry first?
0: Yeah. So uh, first of all, it wasn't really planned. And I'm a planner, all right? So (laughs) I knew I wanted to work with women who were in business, maybe anywhere from like one to three years. And it just so happened that the people that were part of my network were a lot of women in the food industry. So it just kind of happened organically. In my business plan, I had women, small businesses, one to three years, but food wasn't necessarily on there. But that's just who, when I started going to events and then reaching out to my network, that's a group of of folks who, who were part of my network and then those referrals grew and then I just realized I think when I finally like came up to take a breath after being in business for like two years I was like wait a minute they all have something in common and so that's where I really deliberately started to focus my attention and doing a lot more research and getting really diving into to the food industry.
1: I love that origin story just by looking around at your network and seeing who was there and deciding that you wanted to use your skills to help women, but then not being so tied to the industry and then letting that kind of come organically. Because the skills apply no matter what you're doing and then you just develop the little niche. So I really like that you did that. And also... I learned about half the food places in the Bay Area from your Instagram account. And then also from Quali Salsa, every time Yanin posts about a collaboration, I'm like, yes, I'm adding them to my account. So I appreciate both of you all for, <laughs> for definitely increasing my Bay Area palate. <laughs>
0: Something that I love is that whenever there's a list of top restaurants, you should go to in the Bay Area or like some sort of list. I always know that one of my clients is on there and it's so awesome to to see that, to see that recognition as well. Because like I said, my clients make really amazing products, really amazing food. And so I love that you mentioned that. And I've had a couple of other folks say, they're like, when I see those lists, I know one of your
1: clients is on there. That's awesome. That's an awesome claim to fame. So I have a question for you. So a lot of people, I would say... Not a lot, but a handful of people make food on the side, like whether you're selling cupcakes or empanadas or doing jewelry or earrings, some things like that. What is the difference between someone deciding to do make food as a hobby versus turning it into a business? What is that transition that either you have to help your clients with or that they have and then they come and find you? What is that switch? That's an awesome question. And so much. We we could have a
0: whole like workshops. On this, but I think some of the main differences is being able to take your business to the next level and really taking it seriously and doing things. For example, you're going to be doing your health certificate, right? So you're going to be going and learning about the food safety. And that's something that's really important, I think, not only for your clients, but also it's going to talk about what type of person you are that you're really putting public health. And so I think that's one thing that's really important. I think that the second thing that's important is that you have access to bigger opportunities. If you actually, if you're starting to formalize that, you will be able to sell to other stores that you'll be able to sell to bigger companies, take on bigger jobs. I know, a lot of times people are really concerned from taking it from doing it from their house to moving it to a different location because of the money. One of the things is that when you cook out of a commercial kitchen, you're using bigger equipment and equipment that's more efficient. And so you're able to cook larger volumes in less time. And you're able to serve more people and potentially make, make more money. So a lot of times I am working with folks that, like I said, they have a really great product and Sometimes it can be challenging to justify, like, why are we, why am I going to start paying insurance? Why am I going to start paying for permits? Mm -hmm. Why am I going to start paying for rent when it's working out from my house? But I think we also have to think about long-term, think about opportunities, think about what we will be able to do if we are positioning ourselves for success.
1: Yeah, I, I'd absolutely agree with that. I mean, the the whole premise, right, of transcend is that we're taking our business, we're building it, and then we're leaving a legacy. And yeah. it is hard to do that when you're afraid to grow. And people all over are afraid to grow. I'm afraid to have to pay to form a business. I'm afraid of the responsibility that is going to be required of me. I'm afraid to get the I'm afraid to put myself out there. What if I have a history or don't have a history, right? That could go either way for folks, you know, what is it? But I really just encourage people to look at it from a position of abundance. There is so much out there and there's more than enough that moving forward is only going to bring you good things and staying where you are is familiar, but there's so much more opportunity when you put yourself out there as a business from working with other business owners to even, funding a retirement account, right? Hiring your children, doing all of these different things that will really secure your financial future if you know how to do it. So I appreciate that transition.
0: Yes. I also, I did want to mention just a couple, a couple more things is that we saw a lot of people during the pandemic that unfortunately they were not able to tap into resources nor grants or loans because they hadn't formalized their business. And they were running it informally, right? Which, you know what, we have to do what we have to do, right? In order to feed mm-hmm. feed ourselves and be able to cover all of our necessities. But we saw a lot of the, those folks that they weren't able to tap into those resources because they weren't permitted or they wow. hadn't done their taxes. And so, you know, if we do transition from hobby to a business, we're able to take advantage of tax laws that exist out there that can help us out. We're able to tap into different grants, into different funds. And so it's thinking about the future and, like you said, the legacy that we want to build. But there are a lot more opportunities if we are a formalized business. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And there's so much to learn about it, but let me just tell you all who are listening. It doesn't have to be scary. Like the reason why it seems scary and intimidating is just because you just don't know what you don't know, but find your resources either in Viridiana or in me or someone else that you know, and that you trust, and we will help you get to where you need to go. But there's so much opportunity that is just on the other side of believing and trusting enough to formalize your business and run it like a business. So now once somebody has a business, you told me a month ago that you are a numbers person. You love numbers. I am working on my relationship with numbers. I like words, you know, hence my profession as an attorney. So what do we need to know, all of us, me included, everybody who's running a business, what do we need to know about numbers? Why are they important? And what do we do if we're just terrified of them, uh, but want to get a handle on it.
0: Yes. And I've seen that usually when I'm teaching classes, if we're talking about like concept, then everybody's so excited and everyone's like chiming in. And then when I get to the finance part, everybody gets real quiet and I (laughs) see it in their eyes and they go back and I'm like, you guys, I was like, please don't, don't go mute on me. But I understand, right. That there is definitely like, There's this fear, there's like anxiety over numbers. So a couple of things that we should know, like what are some of these important numbers? If you are going to take your business from a hobby and to make it into a business, then you need to understand what are the startup costs, right? What is it going to take in order for you to launch your business and not just say, I think it's gonna be $5,000. No, we have to break that up and be like, I'm going to need to buy equipment. I'm going to need to buy ingredients. I'm going to have to buy my permits because everything costs us money, right? There's very few permits and licenses that are free. So what we need to do is really identify those startup, those startup cost categories. And then we need to start diving into them and start getting estimates and figuring out how much it's actually going to take. So we don't want to skip that part of, making sure we understand what the startup costs are going to be. Number one. So we need to all understand our startup costs. Number two, we need to understand if we're making food, how much does it cost to make that plate of food? How much does it take for you to make that jar of salsa? How much does it take for you to make that pint of ice cream? A lot of people get so excited about the product, that they forget to... Or maybe they don't forget. It's just that it could be intimidating (laughs) or boring, or we just don't know how to do it. But we really need to do that detailed and that boring stuff of figuring out how much does that X product that we're making, how much is it going to cost for me to make it? Because that's going to help us price it. And I've seen so many small businesses that... They're not growing because they don't know what the cost is of their product. And so they don't price it, right? So we need to understand what our costs of goods sold are. And then we also need to understand what our our current expenses are. So how much money on a monthly basis is it going to take for us to be able to operate our business? And those pieces of information, it's going to be really helpful because it'll help us figure out. What are break-even points? So how much money do I need to make in order for me to be able to cover all my expenses? And from there, if that number seems so wildly high, like we could go back and adjust it. Like we don't have to stick to one model, right? Like it doesn't have to be one way. That's it. We're allowed to change it up. And so I think those are some really key numbers, key pieces of information that we need to know. So startup costs, Recurring expenses, oh. your cost of goods sold, and your break-even point. And I would say that if someone's like, I don't like numbers or this is so hard. We don't have to use all those like fancy terms like break even or we don't know or cost of goods sold. We just have to put it like, How much is it going to take for startup costs? How much is it going to take for us to be able to start or grow our business? Your cost of goods sold is how much does it cost me to make this product, right? My recurring expenses is what are all of my monthly expenses going to be? And then break even, how much do I need to sell? So I think that once we start stripping off maybe those like fancier terms and we really put it in like in terms that we know we realize it it's not that intimidating. And it's just really understanding how much are we going to have to put in and how much do we need to make in order for this to make sense.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And if you have a service-based business, it's the same idea. I think we just skip over that a little bit more because we're not making a plate. And then once you, especially if you have an evergreen product, once you make it, it's just kind of out there, but it is really important in any kind of business to understand what is it going to cost for you to get started? Number one, because also if you can price that, there are also money opportunities available for you. But I think that there's something especially like in the African-American community, I think we really feel like we can't ask for help and we're not supposed to ask for that money. Or sometimes there's the thought that like, well, someone should just fund it completely, right? But like, if you have been around little kids and a kid asks you for a dollar... You're going, well, what are you going to use this dollar for? How are you going to spend it? Are you going to make good decisions? That's the same idea. Not that we're children, but if someone's going to give you money or an entity is going to give you money, they want to know how you're going to use that money because they want to support you towards success, not just throw money at you that's not going to go anywhere. So understanding what is it going to cost you to get started allows you to also be able to look to different sources for some funding options. Knowing your numbers and what it costs for your recurring expenses, how can you make adjustments when you don't know? In the food industry, a lot of restaurants start up and go under because it is so hard to get that profit margin right and so if you're not doing it with precision, I think you're setting yourself up to not be as successful as you can be. And just like Beauty Diana just said, once you strip away the language that's unfamiliar, then it becomes familiar. It's like learning a new language, right? I'm learning language. I love learning languages. When there's some concept that I don't understand, my teacher breaks it down into simpler terms. And then now all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but then eventually I learn what the word means and can use it in context. It's the same thing. So don't be intimidated Or if you are intimidated, recognize that, but don't let it stop you. Just recognize that as a point where it's important for you to go and get some support because everything that we have talked about, you are capable of doing. It is there for you and there is support around you to move forward. Absolutely.
0: And something I also want to mention, especially in the food industry, that based on like 2020 industry benchmarks, profit margin is only 4% for single location restaurants. And so it's so critical that making our plate of food is just as important as knowing the cost of it and knowing your numbers because it's it's not only competitive, but it's just that's the market. It's the industry that it's a really low profit margin. Now, can this 4% be of a huge number? Absolutely, right? But it's just as important that our recipe is is amazing that we also understand our finances because knowing our numbers is going to make a difference in our business. And that's why we sometimes see that there's food out there that's not even that good or restaurants that are not that good that do really well and it's because they've got a system, they understand their numbers and then you have other folks who make really good food and they're struggling, but it's because they're not putting the same emphasis on understanding
1: and really reviewing their numbers. Yeah. Thank you for that. So we've talked a little bit about the business structure and the sort of logistics, I guess, if you will, you know, the business side of running the business, but now I'm interested in learning about some of the transformations that you have seen in your clients when they have decided to take the next step and really run their business. So you have worked with tons of, of people just through the classes that you teach and through one-on-one coaching, but I think entrepreneurship is one of the hardest, but most rewarding things that you can do. I don't have kids, but I feel like it's got to be like raising kids. It's this beautiful experience that'll challenge you and try you and make you want to pull your hair out. And then you just love the baby that you've created and all of these things, right? So are people more empowered? Are they more confident? You know, How has it changed them as entrepreneurs and then also changed their families? I love that. So yes, the transformation is
0: amazing. So One of the things that I really, really love is that my clients really see what they're capable of. And that for me is just so powerful because I love when clients say they're like, wow, I I didn't know how to do this. And now I'm able to do this. And an example would be, I have clients that didn't know how to use a POS system before. And now they're selling things on their POS system online, or they didn't know how to let's say, write a professional email or negotiate with a vendor. And now they have that capacity and that capability. And that in turn makes them feel more empowered. Right. And they feel badass where they're like, yes, I was able to do this. They also feel more confident because they have more clarity. They see the potential potential for their business, because a lot of times when I'm working with folks, we're just thinking or they come to me kind of just thinking of like, how do I make money now? And not really looking at long term, because there's so many things that are coming at them at the present moment. And so sometimes it's really hard where you're like, how am I going to think about three months from now when I can't even deal with, with this week? I can't even deal with this challenge. But I see that after working together they really are able to see past just the present and they're able to have more clarity and really see what they can be doing right now is going to impact the long term and so I think their confidence in themselves grows and then one of the things I really love is that a lot of them start charging more and that is so important as well because there is this maybe misconception that like certain Latino products should be cheaper, right? Or they should be cheap. And no, a lot of this, like a lot of these, these products, they're so labor intensive and it doesn't matter if the ingredients are not that inexpensive, but the labor, the recipes that are going into them. And so I, I tended to see clients charging more because they understand their costs. They understand what their worth is. And once again, because they see their capacity, they see that confidence. And so that in turn means that they are making more money. And the impact that all those factors have on their families is amazing to me because we're impacting our, our younger generations as well. And their children are also seeing like, yes, we can have a product that costs That's expensive. We can be in a location where there's like tech companies. We are capable. We do belong here. So it's it's really powerful and really exciting to see those transformations.
1: Yeah, I bet. I mean, there's historically in the United States, right? The labor force was initially black folks, and then transitioned into more Latinx folks. And so both groups understand what it is like to be in the service industry. And for the large part, we're still there, but we are not, our services aren't valued. They're the ones that you're trying to get on the cheap, right? Culturally in the context of being in the United States, I'm not saying that that's how it should be, but that's what it is. And so a lot of times when we're breaking into this producer mode, this entrepreneur mode, we don't even realize how many mindset cobwebs we got to clear out and shake off because And it doesn't necessarily come from family, but you learn how to operate in the society. You learn sort of what your quote unquote place is and to break out of that and to stand in your power and to say, no, this is my expression of who I am. Because your business really, especially as as a solo entrepreneur in the beginning, it is an expression. It's an extension of who you are. And so being able to stand up in that and say, this is what the value is. This is what I deserve to be paid. And and I'm not going to give it to you for less is huge. It's transformative. And especially for women, where just our roles are generally to support and not to play second fiddle necessarily, but to support more than I think men in our society are asked to support like emotionally and that other way coming around. So that transformation I have seen into my own clients as well is huge. Even just in myself, I feel like there, I don't know everything, obviously, but I feel like there's nothing that I can't figure out. My problem-solving skills have gotten better. That also helps with law school too. I'm like, well, just tell me what the question is and I'm going to go find an answer. But personally, that is like so transformative. And then The kids in your community see that. The other people in the community see that. You get to hire people. You get to train people. It's a ripple effect. When you empower yourself to make this difference and to do something that you love, turning it into a business, it doesn't just stop with you. You're really, truly changing your community.
0: Absolutely. And I used to work at an organization that was focused on women entrepreneurs, and they did a lot of research and had a lot of stats about how when you invest in women. What that ripple effect is in our community because women tend to hire more folks. So we see that also that dollar that you're investing in a women's product that she is then investing that in hiring and then paying taxes and then inspiring, like we said, like inspiring and really changing that fabric in our culture. But it really does have an impact in our community and financially as well because of the taxes, because of hiring out. And I think it's really powerful when women are starting businesses and then financially and also how we're feeling as well. And that empowerment is so important to see. Especially I think in communities of color when historically women, you know, in their communities have not had those opportunities to be the heads of the households are just to, to have that financial power it's really important for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I also tell my audience all the time is to bring your full self to the job, right? Bring who you are. And once I got to a point in, it took me a while in my career because, you know, started out in law, it's very, very corporate. It's a lot of older white men that are there and then older white women. And then there, you know, we have to wear these suits that are boxy and unflattering. And I remember my mom had told me when I first graduated law school, I hadn't, I think I had twists in my hair and she was like, oh, you better take those out and straighten your hair because they're not going to want you. They're not going to keep you at the law firm. And I was in a position where I understood the historical context because yes, that had happened before because now there's the crown act in California where you were not allowed to discriminate against someone, take their job away or not hire them because of the way that their hair is. But I also at that point Decided I had to make a choice that this job was going to take me and take all of me or I didn't want to be there. And that doesn't mean that I don't adjust to some of the cultural norms, but it also meant that I wasn't going to lose myself and my culture to be in this environment. So There are a lot of people that say, Well, I didn't finish college, or I really am not comfortable talking to a room full of white people in suits, or English is my second, or third, or fourth language, I'm not sure if I can do this, or you know, I may be documented or undocumented, or I may have a a misdemeanor or a felony things like that that stand in the way that definitely make it harder to get a job. But in my opinion, those things don't stand in the way of us being entrepreneurs. So I know I didn't ask you this in advance, but I just want to throw that out there and see what you think about bringing your full self, all of your experiences, all your quirks, likes, dislikes, your challenges, your bright spots, your superhero stuff, and on all of that to the job. Like, What do you tell people about being who they are and what they do?
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. You just made me reminisce about my corporate <laughs> days. Yeah, and wearing wearing those button up shirts and just remembering that most times, and this was also in business school, like definitely being the only Latina or being one of the few women. And it was that was really impactful because I feel like I'm a very outgoing person, but at certain times that could also just like bring you down because I was really like just observing and being like, wow, this is really interesting just to see like how certain people are talking or who's not talking. And I know for me, it was definitely not (laughs) the environment that I wanted to be in because I am a really like energetic person. I love giving my opinion. I am, I, I love working in a collaborative environment and I don't think that I was really thriving In that environment. And I knew that for me, I had to make a change because I felt like it was almost like it was dimming my light, right? And I know I was like, I don't want to be there. Like, I'm not serving the people I want to serve. And I think it was really helpful. And I think I would do it all over again if I had to start over. Like, I would still start in corporate because it was so helpful. But what really helped me was to realize and to ask myself, like, what is it that you don't like about it? And what can I do? And I know one of the things was that when I was in auditing that I felt like I wasn't serving the audience that I wanted to serve. And in turn, that was bringing me down. It was draining my energy. And I think it's really important to observe that and observe, like, what is bringing your energy down and what I love about being an entrepreneur is that I get to be myself, right? I get to show up authentically, I get to speak my language, I get to just express myself and be happy and and be who I want to be, and like you mentioned, like of course there's moments where you have to adjust that. I'm also not going to be like super wild and all over the place because everything there's a time and place for everything. you still have to be professional but It doesn't have to be professional in a button-up, right? It could be your interpretation of being professional. And I think that it is really important just to be mindful of, even when you're an entrepreneur, like what brings your energy down and what really helps elevate that energy. And I think that's really important because when you are doing something that you love, you're going to feel it. You're going to radiate that. You are just going to work really hard hard at that. But I think it is really important to show up, to really recognize like what are you good at? What do you want to work on for yourself? And that you know, kind of do like an inventory, I feel like, of yourself. Because I'm sure there's gonna be things that we need to we need to work on for ourselves. But I think it is important that we do show up as who BD is and what makes me happy, what's going to help me radiate that light.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you talked about being able to speak your own language and I know, but I also want people to know that you do trainings and have a membership community in Spanish. Do you also do it in English as well?
0: Not yet. Not, not yet. Not, <laughs> but that's the, membership. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, not the membership yet, but I do do trainings in both Spanish and Spanish and in English.
1: Okay, perfect. And then you also have a podcast of sorts on Instagram Live. So you have a series called Estoy Lista. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes.
0: So I started Estoy Lista and Estoy Lista means I'm ready. It doesn't mean we're 100% ready or that we know everything, but it's really about empowering and women to feel that they are ready to do whatever the heck they want. So like they're ready to shine. They're ready to learn. They're ready to invest in themselves. So this series is really about showcasing and celebrating amazing women of color who are entrepreneurs and really learning from their stories. Because one of the things that lights me up is engaging with Really amazing women, and with learning about their stories and really learning how they have grown, learning about what motivates them, learning about the challenges that they've overcome, and so it's something that I started honestly for myself because it—I I, just—I love being around really, really amazing women. But I also thought that more folks needed to to learn and to hear these stories. And I love hearing the yeah. feedback where I have clients that they'll tell me they're like, I shared this with my mom, and now my mom says, like, yes, miha, estoy lista to be a boss, or I'm estoy lista like to make this change in our business. And then I also love it. I have a, a client who's a guy, and he is probably like my number one listener. Like he shares <laughs> up yeah. in all of them. He comments, he engages, and he was also sharing with me how empowering it is and how much it motivates him to just listen to stories of, you know, of women. And he's like, wow, he's like, it's just, it's relatable because we do talk about things that we've had to overcome and in, in, in our business, within ourselves, within our, our mindset. And he's like, I learned something new every time I listen to it. So. It's been really fun and really inspiring for me. And Asha has also been one of my guests at Inestoy Lista. Just dropped so many gems. That's one of my current projects that I'm the
1: most passionate about right now. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an awesome series. So if you are on Instagram, definitely tune in. What is your Instagram handle so they can go and find you?
0: Yeah, so it's VP Consulting SF.
1: Perfect. And then if they wanted to take a class from you or find out a little bit more about how to contact you, should they just go through Instagram or do you have a website that you want to drop?
0: Yeah. So both ways work. So if you go to my Instagram and you go to the link in my bio, I believe it's bpconsulting.com and then slash connect. And so you can fill out a form, tell me a little bit about your business, what type of support you're looking for. And then it'll also share with you the type of support that I offer. And then that way, it's the fastest, easiest way that we can connect. You can also go to my website, vpconsultingsf.com and then
1: get some more information about the services that I provide. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I would tell anyone who's listening that even if you are not sure that Vidi is the right person for you, reach out to either one of us because we will know somebody. Inevitably, we will know someone who will be the right person. Person for you. So you don't have to do this entrepreneurship game alone. You don't have to fit into some kind of box. We've told you our stories about how we have shown up just bright in all the awesomeness that we are. And we want you all to be able to do the same thing too. It is not a competition, it is rising together and empowering each other to get to the life really and the dreams and the freedom that we actually want to bring your full self to the table. And yeah. I think that's it for us. Thank you for listening. And Viri, thank you for joining. Go find her at VP Consulting on Instagram or vpconsultingsf.com for her website. And go check out Estoy Lisa, and then come back here for another episode of Transcend. Thank you so much for coming.
0: Gracias.
1: (laughs) De nada. VP Consulting helps entrepreneurs and small businesses formalize, launch, and grow by providing training, coaching, and consulting services in both Espanol and in English. They support clients with developing financial projections, managing finances and accounting systems, accessing capital, strengthening operations, marketing development, and ongoing business support. Over the past six years, BP Consulting has worked with 1,000 plus entrepreneurs in the Bay Area. Tune into this episode, take notes, go follow on Instagram, and then uh, let's get you started in your business. I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast. And I just want to make sure you know the best way to stay in contact with me. And that's through joining my email newsletter.